0: You're listening to a Jewish toddler reciting what's called the Ma Nishtana, the traditional four questions asked by children during the Passover festival dinner. Each element of the meal carries deep symbolism that reaches back thousands of years into Jewish history. And each of the four questions begins by asking, Why is this night different? This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. This year, Passover falls during the Easter long weekend in Australia and many parts of the world, and it turns out that's no accident. I caught up with Bob Mendelsohn from Jews for Jesus Australasia at his home to help us make sense of the connections between Jewish Passover and Christian Easter.
1: How are you, Bob? Shalom. I'm doing fine. Shalom. Shalom means peace. It means hello. It means goodbye, peace, wholeness.
0: So you're you're based here in Sydney, Bob, but I I can tell from your accent that possibly you lived elsewhere earlier. The U.S. is that right?
1: I grew up in the middle of the United States in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and left Wait. there some forty years ago. My wife and I left there in 1979 mm-hmm. in this adventure with Jews for Jesus, mm-hmm. and it took us all over the U.S. and In 1998, we moved here to Sydney.
0: Okay. So, Jews for Jesus, that also implies something important about you. You have a Jewish background. I
1: have a Jewish background and a Jewish foreground. I'm still Jewish. You know, if you move as an Aussie to France, for some reason you still want your Vegemite, Mm -hmm. and for some reason you'll still uh, advance Australia Fair on 26 January. I mean, there's just something about who you are that you take with you no matter where. Mm -hmm. And as a Jew... It's not something I used to be, mm-hmm. it's something I am. Right. God made us Jewish,
0: that's the way it is. Mm. But Jews for Jesus implies that from a religious point of view, you you claim the Messiah for your, Jesus Christ as the Messiah, um, Jesus Christ who obviously Christians have worshipped for thousands of years, you also claim a Christian identity, is, is that right? Jesus
1: was a Jew. Mm. His followers were Jews. It happened in Israel. It didn't happen in Rome or Canterbury or Salt Lake City, thank God. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It happened in Israel. Everything about the Newer Testament is Jewish. Everything about the Older Testament is Jewish. Mm -hmm. That many Christians, as you use the term, have found Jesus and Mm -hmm. are following him. That's just great. It's a Jewish thing. So it's the most Jewish thing a Jew like me can do to follow Jesus as Messiah.
0: Wow. So, you really, as a Jew, should be saying to Christians without a Jewish background, welcome to the family.
1: That's it. I say, Gentiles for Jesus.
0: That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and and nevertheless, I guess that's that's what we are in some ways, aren't we, if, if we don't have a Jewish background and, and we claim to follow Jesus?
1: There goes the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's great. Well, Bob, I really appreciate you writing uh, an article for us in in Signs of the Times magazine um, around the period of Easter that looks at Passover and the connection, which happens at this around the same time of year as Easter in the you know the Latin Rite can, um, tradition in the Eastern Orthodox traditions. It's all around the same lunar calendar, solar calendar. I don't know if you want to go there, but um, where do you see the connections there between Passover and Easter and Just summarize.
1: Jesus rose from the dead on a Jewish holiday. It Mm -hmm. wasn't called Easter, Uh it was called Passover. Mm -hmm. And it was the third day of this sacred seven day festival called Passover. Now, mind you, in biblical times, there were three holidays in one. Mm -hmm. We've merged it now in our hallmark calendars called Passover. Yeah. But it was the Feast of the Lamb, which was a one-day holiday, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was a seven-day holiday, mm-hmm. and then the third-day holiday, the Feast of first fruits, is the Sunday, that is the first day of the week after the Sabbath during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Mm. So, you get those three... Different appointments, they're called in Leviticus 23, that are merged now into one. And obviously, Yeshua, Jesus, rose from the dead during that holiday. Mm. He was celebrating the Last Supper, it was a Passover meal. Mm. The whole thing is very Jewish. How sure. do Gentiles get this, I don't know. <laughs>
0: It's, yeah, it's difficult to understand without knowing the full background, isn't it? So, let, let's go back a bit then, right back to, well, well how, how far back does this story go? Like the Passover
1: ex- begins at the Exodus. Mm-hmm. And it was when the Jewish people were there incarcerated, and if you will, in a detention center called mm-hmm. Goshen for 400 years. After the time of Joseph, son of Jacob, mm-hmm. in the Bible, in Genesis, then there's a gap. We don't, we don't uh, get much information about that, except that it was a painful time. Mm-hmm. It was a slave time for the Jewish people. And a Pharaoh arose who didn't know Joseph. That's how Exodus begins.
0: Okay, so, so we're in Egypt. We're about, what, a thousand years before? 1500 BC. Fi- 1500 years before the birth of Christ. So this That's is right. A long time back.
1: Okay. Well, when you think about it, the New Testament. The new one, mm-hmm. it's 2,000 years old.
0: Which is already pretty old. So, I'm saying
1: this is just a little bit older than the New Testament. <laughs> sure, sure,
0: Okay, so so we have the, the the Israelites or the Hebrews or the Jews, whatever we want to call them. Right.
1: Well, today we're Jews. Back mm-hmm. then it was Hebrews mm-hmm. and they were incarcerated, slaves. There were 3 million, maybe 4 million of us mm. under the iron thumb of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh didn't like that there were so many of us. Mm-hmm. What if they rise up against? So that typical, typical. Um, tyrant, megalomaniac who mm-hmm. says, uh-oh, I better squash them a little bit more because they're going to come up against me.
0: Well, to, to this day, you see this in a lot of nations of the world. If a minority is sort of growing or immigrating a lot, there is fear, isn't there?
1: It well, certainly among those who should be afraid. Mm. So, here's Pharaoh and the Jewish people are aching. They're whinging. They're crying out to God. There's mm. some kind of Prayer that's going on in the book of Exodus. And we don't know how long that's been going on, mm. but it certainly begins the story. Mm. And Moses is the appointed one that the Bible introduces. He is this little kid, three years younger than his older brother Aaron, and his older sister who somehow involves herself in raising the boy, getting him out of the bulrushes. So here's little Moses who is spared raised in Pharaoh's court, mm-hmm. has all the advantage of being an Egyptian, mm-hmm. but he's a Hebrew. Yeah. How she knew he was a Hebrew in the old movie Ten Commandments. Oh, about Heston. That's it. Yes, behold Turner.
0: his mighty hand. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> I, I'm sure he learned it in the same school. Uh, <laughs> the, they recognized he was a Hebrew because of the blanket. Now, I don't know that that's the way it really was. Well, I'm, I'm sure… Um, it was circumcision.
0: Yes. And well, and, and, and also Egyptians were not circumcised. Yes. And also Exodus tells us very clearly that Moses' sister Miriam came to Pharaoh's daughter and said, would you like me to get a wet nurse to look after him? And the wet nurse just happens to be… Um, <laughs> Her mother. The, …the child's own mother. So, okay. it seems like there was a connection, you know, between, you know, Pharaoh's family wife, and Moses' family from way back, really. At
1: least locale… Mm. But why she would recognize that that was a Hebrew baby, mm-hmm. I think it was because of circumcision.
0: That makes sense, yeah. As soon as she opened that basket. They
1: couldn't do that in 1956. They sure. just used a blanket.
0: <laughs> sure. Okay, so let, let's fast forward to sure. to when Moses is now a, an adult. He's, he's dem- 80 years old. He, he's 80 years old. He's demanding that Pharaoh let the Israelites go. Let my go, people go. Let my people go, the famous phrase. There's a series of very nasty plagues that Ten plagues.
1: Well, nine of them couldn't touch the Jewish people. mm -hmm. A Jew would be here in light and next to him would be an Egyptian in darkness. Mm. Here a Jew would have good water to drink. His Egyptian neighbor would have bloody. Mm. But the tenth plague could have happened to the Jewish people. Sure. And that would have been a horrible plague. It was the death of the firstborn, Mm. which was the final death knell, literally, Mm. to the Egyptians to force them to allow the Jewish Mm -hmm. people to depart.
0: So this is the firstborn of every human family as well as every animal? All the
1: livestock too, that's right. So
0: that's a pretty horrific thing to to happen.
1: I can't even imagine if you would pronounce that on anybody. I mean, Mm -hmm. here you are, you're a gracious person, I'm a somewhat gracious person. Mm -hmm. If I went into the neighborhood of Warunga or into... Uh, Brighton Lesans and said, mm. Everybody's got to listen to me. If not, your firstborn son will be dead tomorrow
0: morning. What? I wouldn't want to put that on them. It's it, it's horrific, but I, but I guess there's 400 years of slavery behind that. That, at, at least from the Jewish retelling of the story, must seem somewhat justified.
1: As well as the squishing, the the, the forcing under our, his thumb mm. of and, and the increased penalties. Mm-hmm. It was a harsh life. Slavery Mm, was mm. the house of bondage, and it's not a comfortable place. Mm. And Pharaoh was making it worse and worse for the Jewish people. Mm, mm. So, God finally said, I'm going to step in. He brought the plagues, the miracles, the signs, they were. Mm. And as a result, the tenth plague came. But before that happened, God told Moses to take a lamb and tell everybody, take a lamb Mm kill it, put the blood on the doorposts of the house. Almost like a safe haven sign. Mm -hmm. If you put that on the door in the correct way, then when the angel of death comes through, you'll be spared. Mm -hmm. That's it. It seems such a weird thing. Hang this flag outside your house and you'll be Mm -hmm. safe. Uh, Put a big X on the ground in front and you'll be all right. We were redeemed Mm. from Egypt by the blood Mm -hmm. of the lambs. And that is a massive instruction to the Jewish people, Mm -hmm. not only for that moment, but throughout history. Mm. So, we have to keep that in the back of our mind. Mm -hmm. Why would blood do anything? And why lambs? And So, anyway, whatever that was that spared the Jewish people, then it affected those who did not put blood on the door in the correct Mm -hmm. manner. And in the wailing and screaming and terror that that would have been. God through that delivered the Jewish people. So we left that night, at night, at midnight, mm-hmm. we left and went to the Red Sea and mm-hmm. were delivered from it. So the idea of the angel of death passing over the house is where mm-hmm. we get the word passover. All
0: right. Okay. So that lamb then is a symbol of, of a lot of things. I mean, first of all, it's a pure, spotless, you know, unblemished lamb, so it's a sign of perfection. It, it's innocent didn't do anything wrong to deserve being sacrificed it's a, it's a sign of freedom because after that plague occurred the plague of the firstborn Pharaoh finally cracked and said fine you can go and that's when the the exodus happened that um Bob Marley sang about later on
1: <laughs> it's an inspiration to many but uh, certainly Marley
0: <laughs> and then and then we had this blood um, this blood that is, is a, a cleansing thing. So for centuries and centuries, the Jewish people continued every year to observe this Passover feast every year around this sort of Easterish sort of time of year, right up to the time of Jesus and into right up, up to today. Up to today, yeah.
1: Jewish yeah. people are still observing it. It's the beginning of spring up in the north. It's mm-hmm. the beginning of autumn for us down here. Mm-hmm. But it was always... Um, something about deliverance, something about freedom, something about personalizing it. Mm. In the book of Exodus, chapter 12, God tells the Jewish people that when we go into the land, we should observe this rite. And when your children ask you, saying, what does this rite mean to you? Mm -hmm. You shall say to them, this is the Passover sacrifice that the Lord did when he delivered our houses, when he spared us from Egypt. So Mm. you get the idea that we're supposed to, this is the mandate to pass this on to the kids, mm. and it's a formal when they ask, you say. So one of the hallmarks of the modern-day celebration of Passover is the four questions that mm-hmm. the youngest child always asks the Papa, then mm. by means of the answer, the Papa tells the story of the Exodus.
0: Mm. And this was the, the title of your article, Why Is This Night Different? You know, on other nights, we, we do, do this, X, Y, and Z. And there are times we're doing this. That's why, right. why the difference? Yeah.
1: And this is an important thing. Even though the kid might know the answer today, it's just good to retell, mm-hmm. to retell, to retell the story because it we forget. Or. Mm-hmm. We diminish its irrelevance. we diminish its importance, and the Bible wants to make sure, God Mm -hmm. wants to make sure, that we don't diminish the importance. You can't go very far in the reading of the Older Testament Mm. until you find this phrase, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Yes. It's almost his signature. It's almost mm. on his calling card. Hi, mm. business card. I'm God.
0: It's it's even there in the Ten Commandments, isn't it? Like it's everywhere. In, in, the Sabbath, in the Deuteronomy version of the Sabbath commandment, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery, so you don't have to work on Sabbath, you know? You get a day off. Like in slavery, you never get a day off. No. It's, <laughs> it's right. just work the whole way. So, in the, the New Testament, or as you call it, the Newer Testament, which which I like, um, John the Baptist appears and he sees Jesus standing on the riverbank of the River Jordan where, you know, John the Baptist is baptizing people. I've
1: seen the actual place. You've been there. Yep. It's great. And there are he, eight churches right around there, really, all from different denominations who swear that that's where he was, that that's where he was.
0: No, he's over here, 100 <laughs> metres. Please. Well, I'm, I'm sure there would have been more than one spot where, where he baptised people. The
1: water moves.
0: <laughs> but on, on this particular occasion, John the Baptist saw Jesus on the riverbank, and John called out to the crowd, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And with the understanding of Passover, behind us, that seems an incredible thing to say, like incredibly pregnant with meaning. Especially Jews, if,
1: of course, if it were not in a Jewish context, I mean, why not say, hey, here's the chook of God who takes mm. away... The- I mean, why lamb? Mm -hmm. Well, because it's right out of the Passover idea, the sentiment. Mm -hmm. Also, Isaiah 53 alludes to the Messiah who would be like a lamb led to slaughter, yet Mm -hmm. he opened not his mouth. Mm -hmm. So, you get that picture, as you described, of innocence earlier. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I think the Passover image is thick as thieves in that Mm -hmm. Johannine Mm -hmm. announcement. Mm -hmm. Look, meaning don't miss this. Mm -hmm. Behold, or in Philadelphia, we'd say, yo, Yo, hey. Check this out. Yeah, that's right. This yeah. is the Lamb of God. And when you say Lamb to a Jewish person at Passover time, you're not talking about someone who's going to become prime minister, mm. but someone whose destiny is death. Mm, mm. And it's the Lamb of God. So, mm. it's not man's vote, it's God's vote, and He's sent him down to earth, mm. who takes away the sin of the world. Most people would say, well, there are sins. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got plenty. I've got lots more because I'm older than you. But, <laughs> and I'm very creative. But this idea of sins, we never think of it in the singular. Mm. But John says that the Messiah, the Lamb of God, would take away the sin mm. of the world. And if you ponder that, and in John's writing, it makes so much sense that this is the sin of unbelief. Mm. That's the sin because the way into heaven is faith. Mm. The way out is not, you know, killing somebody. The way out is unbelief. Mm. So, he'll take away that unbelief or doubt or I'm not sure, I wish, and he'll fill it with faith. If we Mm. turn, Mm. if we behold, if we do that literally, turn Mm. out of the way of sin and look towards heaven and say, Huh? There he is. Behold, the Lamb of God. If you do that, he'll take mm, away the mm. sin
0: of your world. Mm. So when when Jesus and his disciples are sitting there in, in the Last Supper, you know, I guess we're all visualizing Leonardo da Vinci's you know famous painting. Jesus says some things to his disciples. He 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 takes the cup of wine and he says you know, take this and drink it. This is, is my blood spilt for you. He, he has some unleavened bread there and he says, take this and eat it. This is my body. Is this a part of the Passover service it's fascinating, that Jesus was participating yeah, it in? It's certainly
1: wine and... And bread, as we talk about in the article, are are rife in modern-day observance. And mm. if you go to a Jewish bookshop like mine in Bondi Junction, or mm. any number of places, and you look for, could I get some Passover stuff, mm-hmm. they'll give you matzah, they'll give you a chalice, they'll give you a matzah cover, I mean, mm. really, it's just bread and wine.
0: Yeah, ma- matzah is the unleavened bread, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's yeah. right.
1: So, that is the centerpiece, if you will, of the modern Jewish observance, mm. and it certainly was what Yeshua used on the that night. Mm. Now mind you it's a whole meal. Mm. When I think of a last supper I think there there ought to be some food there. Mm-hmm. And we don't get that in the modern days. All we get in the in- pictures of Da Vinci mm. maybe he had some northern italian fish bones there but yeah. other than that uh, just a little piece of bread. But what happens is the meal in, Jewish, in the Jewish world, the meal always begins with bread breaking, always. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you read in the mm. Bible about the breaking of bread, mm. don't read communion. That's not it. No. Breaking bread means they ate
0: together. Mm. And, and Jesus often paired it with saying grace, didn't he? Well, that's when he, you do it. He, he broke the bread and said, you know. And he gave thanks. He, yeah, he gave thanks.
1: Right? Yeah. So that, that concept of opening a meal with bread, okay. Mm. But in the gospel's account, we see that in the middle of the meal, Yeshua takes bread and breaks it and blesses it and says, take it, this is my body. Wait a minute. That means he's actually starting a new meal in the midst of a meal. Mm. That is something you can't miss. Because Mm. if you miss that, you'll say, well, it's just a pedestrian thing. You took Mm. whatever. But he says, you know, fellas, you're doing this in remembrance of the exodus. Good on you. It's Mm. a right. I'm not going to diminish that. Mm. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to elevate it to another exodus. Mm. Now I'm going to get you not out of Egypt, but I'm going to get Egypt out of you. I'm Mm. going to get sin out of you. Mm. That slavery
0: mind, the things that enslave us. This is
1: my body, which is given for you. Mm. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm giving my body as a sacrifice to deliver you out of sin, Mm. that which John the Baptist He wasn't a Baptist. John the Baptizer. (laughs) What John announced at the River Jordan is now enacted Mm -hmm. when he says, I'm going to die for you, basically. Mm -hmm. And the wine, mind you, today we drink four cups of wine. Now, we only have one cup in front of us. Mm and we're drinking from it four times. Mm -hmm. And each one represents a different verb in what God did when he brought us out and delivered us and Mm -hmm. freed us. Yeshua took the cup after the meal, which is the cup of redemption, the cup that points us back to the freedom from Pharaoh and the blood that was dripping on the houses. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, Mm. shed for the remission of the sins of many. Drink this, he said. And when you do, do this in remembrance of me. So now mm-hmm. he says, don't remember the blood of lambs, remember the blood of the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to, again, that same idea of deliverance. It is so important for the believer to get this. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just, well, I don't know, uh, what do you got to drink over there? 7-Up, Coca-Cola, th- mm. gin and tonic? It doesn't matter. It mm. does matter. Mm. It was what they were using there to remember something else. Mm. He memorialized it yet higher. Mm. Yeshua was always raising the bar, mm. not diminishing
0: it. Mm. Wow. So you, you've been to my church, Bob, and you, you've presented you know some of these truths. You've done another really interesting one on the Feast of Tabernacles, I, I think it was. Fascinating stuff, and um, you know, if you are a believer and a, and a churchgoer who's listening today, yeah, consider getting Jews for Jesus to come along to your church. It's yeah, really fascinating faith deepening stuff. Do you find that people, after you've presented this sort of information, um, say that it has deepened their faith?
1: It has not only deepened, it's widened, it's shocked a lot of people. Why? Shocked in, in what sense? Shocked in the sense of surprise. Wait a minute, I thought the Bible began in the Gospel of Matthew, they will say. Oh, okay. Even though, of course, there's that decorative part from Genesis to whatever, wherever in, they end, yeah. Malachi or Second o- Chronicles. O- only
0: 39 books, the, you know, like at least three-quarters of the whole Bible or something. It's a, It's just, no, it's
1: the other half, and it's the half that I don't understand, and it's prehistory, so I don't read it. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, they have all kinds of misunderstandings of it, or that it's only poetry, or mm-hmm. that it's only all about Jesus Christ. They don't know that it's really the history of the Jewish people and our thoughts and writings mm-hmm. for centuries. But once they get it, like you saw at Tabernacles or you see in Passover, the Christ in the Passover demonstration Mm. is this that we're talking about today and heaps more. Mm. And once people see it, it widens their picture of the whole Bible. It widens their understanding of who Yeshua is. It really helps them understand him and appreciate him. And I say, love him
0: that much more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the flip side of that, Bob, is um, you know, it's one thing to you know, present this to Christians who they you know, Christians accept the Old Testament, even if they don't read it. <laughs> As you point out, they accept it. But when you're presenting this this sort of information to Jewish people, and, and that is basically the core of your mission in Jews mm-hmm. for Jesus, um, they don't accept the New Testament necessarily. And the Old Testament is very precious to them. How do they relate to the sorts of... To say
1: that the Old Testament is precious to them is maybe a little too generous. Most Jewish people that I would know, most Mm -hmm. that your friends would know, Mm -hmm. my family, etc. And all around the globe, most Jewish people have some sympathy towards the Torah, Mm -hmm. but real ignorance about it. Oh, really? And so, when I say, well, they might know Abraham or Noah because Mm -hmm. of a movie, and Moses because of Ten Commandments or Mm. Adam Sandler, but they really don't know anything about King David or... Solomon or Isaiah, my goodness, once mm. we get to the prophets, uh, I don't know, Isaiah Thomas from Isaiah mm. the prophet, I just don't know.
0: So, th- so there aren't too many people like memorizing the first five books of the Bible Not before anymore. their by mitzvah so- sort yeah, of thing? That, I mean, that's, that's certainly
1: in the small segment of the Jewish community within the, the global Jewish community. But mm. most of the Jewish people today mm. here in Sydney or in Melbourne or around the country here in Australia, Singapore, nah. In New Zealand, forget about it. It's mm. just not there. So, there's a sentiment towards it, mm-hmm. and uh, wouldn't it be nice if it were true, mm-hmm. but most have dismissed its relevance for today. Mm. So,
0: essentially, you're, you're reaching very secular-minded people. Is, is that what you're we're saying? We're also
1: reaching the Orthodox, mm. who do have an understanding. I was mm. raised as an Orthodox Jew, mm-hmm. and for me, coming to faith had to match what the Older Testament said in my understanding. Mm-hmm. So But for most, I would say the bulk of the Jewish people today are secular. Certainly in Israel, that's true. Mm -hmm. And uh, mostly around the globe, that's true. Mm -hmm. As a result, the people whom we reach are going to be in that same proportion. Mm -hmm. Most of them are going to be secular, some Mm -hmm. are less. I mean…
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, most people in Australia and New Zealand are fairly secular-minded, even if they do nominally identify as Christian. So th- this connection between, you know, Passover, the Lamb of God, Jesus, what, what sort of power or, or influence or, or impact or relevance do you think this has for the, you know, the average person on the street in Australia or in New Zealand today?
1: There's a federal holiday before Easter. Mm-hmm. It's called Good Friday. Okay. What makes it good? Mm. What kind of God would call Good Friday Good. Mm. I mean, when you think about it, Good Friday, let's see, what is it? Oh, it's the death of Jesus. Mm. That's good.
0: Doesn't sound like very good news, does it?
1: Not to him, Mm. and not to his mother, and not to his friends. Wait, that's our guy, dead, crucified. I mean, it's a horrible death. You Mm. You think of all the types of death that are out there. That's one of the worst on the planet.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And here he endured that, and we call that good. But we call it good in church history because... Yeah, without that, you're not redeemed. Mm. Without the death of Messiah, no one can be forgiven mm. of their
0: sins. Without the blood of the Lamb, the angel doesn't pass you by.
1: And it's a result. It's the mm. angel of death, which mm. means you're going to die. Mm. So mm. it's a, the great exchange. God mm. made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf, mm. that we might become the righteousness of God in him.
0: Mm. So it, it's basic gospel teaching when it comes down to it, doesn't it? If, if you, you look into your life, you look into your heart, you know you've messed up a, a lot of things and, you, and basically you're a selfish person. God is offering you a, a way out. He's offering you a, a new life.
1: And this gospel is, didn't begin in Matthew 1. Mm. It's an historic Jewish, Jewish relevant, mm. Jewish infused mm. religious perspective that's good not just for Jewish people, but for all people.
0: Wow! Hey, thanks so much, Bob. I, I really appreciate your time, and and I really hope that um, our listeners will, you know, perhaps go back to Exodus, you know, check out that story, um, go to the New Testament, check out the story of you know Jesus and the Last Supper, and try to. Make some of those connections and realize some of the depths that are there.
1: The article will cover a lot. The Jews for Jesus Australia website will help mm. a lot. They can come if they're in Sydney. They can come to our bookshop in Bondi Junction.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, but for those who can't, there what is the website?
1: W W W. Do people still do that anymore?
0: It depends. Some websites need it. Some websites don't really. Oh no, nobody yeah. needs it.
1: Yeah. Um, Jews for Jesus, all spelled out. Mm-hmm. org. au. That's easy. That's easy.
0: JewsforJesus.org.au. If that doesn't work, try putting W's in front of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or after it. Just put W's all through it. No, the point is, uh, they can just Google Jews and Jesus, Mm -hmm. and it'll get right to us.
0: Oh, That's great. Thanks very much, Bob. Um, Pleasure, Ken. Thanks for what you're doing um, with your work, and yeah, thanks for chatting with us today. Shalom. Shalom. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. This is an Adventist Media podcast.